This is Thinking to Think, the critical thinking podcast where we analyze topics such as civics, history, culture, philosophy, politics, and current events through a critical thinker's lens. I am your host, the social studies educator, Michael Antonio Aponte, also known as Mr. A. Every Sunday, we will have a new episode within these topics, as well as occasional special guests and recorded lectures with my students. So please subscribe, share, listen, and let's build a critical thinking society together. I want to first thank you for being patient with me. I know last week I did not do an episode. One, because I was under the weather. Actually, my entire family was under the weather. But uh, but also because I made a promise to you, um, you guys, on my last episode. And that was that I was going to look into censorship. And what a rabbit hole I got myself into. It was deep. It, I um, Let me give you some backstory. So I am a social scientist. I have a degree in social science. And although my focus was in philosophy, I have very good understanding in anthropology, archaeology, economics, geography, history, law, linguistics, political science, psychology, and sociology. And this episode is going to be very special because it is an episode that is focused on law as well as our current events, which also falls into law and uh, economics. This is part one of part two. Part one is going to focus on the censorship. Part two is going to focus on something that's been a crazy phenomenon this past month, and that is Wall Street bets and GameStop. That's right. Today, the same day that I post this uh, episode, I will be posting um, a very special episode on the events that have been occurring economically and the impact it will have or most likely will have in the very near future that will affect, if not Americans, probably the economics of the world. It sounds hyper. Uh, Almost hyper, uh, like a hyperbolical, like like over an no over exaggeration, but in many ways it's not. And I'll break that down to you in part two. But let's talk about censorship, okay? Um, and before I continue, I am stateside in the United States, so the laws are going to be focused more on the in the within the United States. However, I am fully aware that across the pond. In other parts of the world, there are similar laws that have these similar de uh, decrees and what have you. Now, I want also excuse the background noise. I am recording in a new area, and I have a special guest, my dog, who just wants to have all my attention right now. So I want to apologize in advance if you hear any noise. <laughs> so... Um, so everyone around the world, thank you so much for 
listening, staying with me uh, through this adventure. I promise you I will make this episode and um, all future episodes special. I don't want to focus only on the United States. I do want to focus on uh, civil rights and things that are going on in different parts of the world in my theories and um and of course if it's an opinion i will tell you it's an opinion however if it's factual then don't hate the messenger um so let's get started i want to start by defining the first amendment of the u.s constitution the first amendment in the bill of rights is congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof of abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. Now, I'll break that up to you. First of all, the United States cannot um, establish a religion. Some countries, they have established religions that okay, this country, we only recognize um, Islam or, um, or Judaism or Christianity or Buddhism. The United States cannot, by the First Amendment, do that. So let's get that part out of the way. Uh, prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Uh, so in other words, you can't prohibit religious practices or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. So you can't – there are some restrictions, and I'm going to get to that. But in a sense, you cannot say you don't have freedom of speech. The press can uh, do what they do. Uh, and the right of the people to peaceably to assemble. Now, a lot of people think that this is about protest. It is not. Peaceably assemble could be um, having, going to a party. It could be going to church or a synagogue. It could be a concert. As long as it's peacefully, they have the right under the First Amendment to go and assemble and to petition the government for a uh, redress of grievances. So basically what that means is you can try to get signatures and names, have laws change. Um, for example, in California, they uh, – I forgot how many millions of people. I think it's like – now, this is off the top of my head. Um, I believe it's 1.2 million signatures um, for a governor – for the governor of California to basically be impeached or kicked out of, um, of governance. Um, but make no mistake – by doing that, they're exercising their First Amendment. In other countries, however, not all, but there are a few countries that are so tyrannical that if you were to speak up and petition against the government, you will go to jail. We in the United States are fortunate enough to be able to do that without – I, I kind of sigh and say without repercussions, but things have changing, and I'm going to get to that. Now, there are case laws that limit speech. Now, the foundations of free of uh, free expression, there's two cases that come into mind. That's Schneck versus the United States in 1919, which gave that famous um, 
falsely shouting fire in a theater. So when when people say, "Oh, you can't scream fire in a, the- uh, in, a mo- in a crowded movie theater," that's the case law. That was the Supreme Court Justice uh, Justice Oliver uh, Wend- uh, Wendell Holmes, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so you can't do that. So another one was a uh, Br- uh, Brandenburg versus Ohio in 1969. The Supreme Court established uh, the modern version of the clear and present danger, so it got updated a little, um, holding the states only could restrict speech that is direct to inciting or producing imminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action. So basically what that means is if you – I'm going to make this more modern, a more modern example. Let's say – Hypothetically, and I'm saying this with, you know, my fingers in the air, quoting, uh, someone's wearing a MAGA hat, and they're walking down the street, and someone runs up to them and starts screaming. We there, here's one. There's one right there, and then there's a crowd that builds up or violence insert to that individual because of a MAGA hat. That is technically going against that first amendment because you're endangering that person that is expressing their freedom of speech to wear a hat so there are other categories of court cases i do not want to list them all because it would take too long and that's a whole nother thing so i am not a lawyer so i'm not this is not me giving law advice nor am, nor do I have a JD, so I'm not going to act as if I can be a professor in law, but I have an understanding of it. Now, some categories include the right to read freely. Believe it or not, there are laws there, you know, where some books were banned, they shouldn't have been banned, and they unban them. There are court cases that, that have those, those type of challenges. Uh, freedom of expression in schools. Minors, First Amendment rights free press, the right to dissent, the right to free association and the freedom of religion, and the right to privacy and anonymity. Now, when is speech unprotected? That is the major question that we need to ask ourselves. And there are actually laws that have shown about hate speech, being liable, obscenity and decency um but i promise you as i get closer to the censorship um let's talk a little bit about um some of the laws that's in hate speech uh chaplinsky versus new hampshire this is in 1942 the supreme court said that the first amendment doesn't protect fighting words or statements that by their very utterance inflict injury or tend to incite an immediate breach of the peace. In other words, you can't just say that's the guy or that's the person or that's the the group that we need to go after. Okay? Now, a lot of people that talk about hate speech, a lot of lawyers argue that this is the case that makes hate speech illegal, while other lawyers say it's not. And again, I am not a lawyer, nor am I going to pretend to be one. I do not have a JD, therefore I'm not going to assume I know the answer. 
However, this there are laws on that. But what about laws online and censorship? Because a lot of people use hate speech as the um, the reason, the cause. That's why I mentioned it for hate speech. Now remember, let's assume for argument's sake that this case, the Chaplinsky versus New Hampshire, is the case regarding hate speech. Let's put that aside. Let's bookmark that. Now we're going to go into the internet. We have a law that was passed in 1996 called Section 230. Some of you may have heard of it. Most of you have not. Uh, those around the world, with the exception of China, which I have zero Chinese views, I mean, excuse me, listeners, so um, it is what it is. I guess I can say what I need to say uh, without any direct repercussions, hopefully not. But um, many of the big tech companies use Section 230 as a shield. And this was in 1996, so it's a very different time. This was before the big tech companies, before the, you know, we're talking about Facebook, Twitter, um, Google, for that matter. Um, I remember in 1996, Google was just a small search engine um, that was, like, not even known because Yahoo was, I believe it was Yahoo at the time that was kind of the, uh, the, 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 the big tech in the, in the room at the time. But anyway, here's what Section 230 has to say. Treatment of publisher or speaker. No provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. In other words... Internet platforms are not liable for what their users host or post. So if someone posts something that is um, defamatory, you can sue that person, but you cannot sue the platform. However, if someone did this to, in a major news network, the plaintiff can sue both the person and the network. Perfect example, perfect example, um, without going to the names or anything of the sort of that individual, there was a famous young man um, who was in Washington, D.C., who had a smirk on his face during a protest that went viral. The major news networks, uh, social media condemned this child. Because he was a minor at the time. Long story very short, the full clip came out and realized that he was actually the innocent one. He sued, his family sued all the major news networks, but they couldn't sue Twitter or Google or all these other you know, internet platforms. And so far he's been winning every single lawsuit in the millions of dollars. But that, but, but that was because of Section 230 for the internet. So there is a major difference between the two industries. Obviously, 
and that is the content and the amount of users the internet versus the news networks and there because if you think about it there are only a handful of people working on or speaking about a story in a news network so th thousands of tweets per second on twitter can happen but a news segment may have just several people speaking about a topic for about five minutes and they say something that's very liable that's a lawsuit so the question here is but what happens when big tech begins to monitor users for the safety of others the platform goes more into that gray area of being a publisher and this is the argument we have today so for example and this is factual during the election of 2020 twitter censored the oldest newspaper in the united states the new york post so old this newspaper in fact that it was created by one of the founding fathers of the country alexander hamilton and they their decree was because it was fake news and it was about hunter biden the president president biden's son and the Biden family's connection with some major, you know, with some major news networks and countries and, and, but now they're covering it. But during the election, they blocked the New York Post. So that raises some serious concerns and questions. So big tech has the protection of Section 230 for being a platform, but are exercising their publishing capabilities. And this is what many people that are in the industry, in the technology industry, and the, um, the Silicon Valley, they call it the, moder the moderator dilemma, I believe it's called, where moderating to protect users from harassment, threats, etc., but also redefining it as hate speech so if i'm offended by a tweet i can report them for hate speech and they can possibly be banned from the platform let's say they misgender me they can be banned even if it was an accident even if it wasn't um malicious or intentional it have been an accident but because i didn't like the person from the beginning i report them and they'll have a repercussion. Now, let's talk about the reach that big tech has. And since the beginning of the quarantine in the United States, there has been a significant increase in the use of these platforms. And hilariously enough, many of my friends believe they're now civics and social science professors because they're just more into social media. Um, and the dilemma I see moving forward is that you force people to stay home. Politicians demand respect of their rules. And I say rules because they are not laws that were legally passed. They were rules. There's a difference between rules and laws. And now they are being shut out of social media. They can't attend town hall meetings, go to their religious centers, and unless you protest on something that the politicians agree with, you can't legally assemble. You are in a sense of 
revocation of your First Amendment. And that's millions of people fall into those categories because they don't fall in line to a specific ideology. And historically speaking, censorship becomes a question of who can speak and who should be silent. The Soviet Union monitored their forms of hate speech that was determined by Moscow. China currently contains a social credit score, which gives or limits its citizens' rights based on their actions and their social political philosophies. So you can buy certain buy in certain areas, marry certain groups of people, work at certain jobs if your if your social credit is good enough. If it's too low, you get stuck in that limbo, maybe even go to jail. And this leads me moving forward to economics and what's going on in the markets. A Reddit group by the name of Wall Street Bets is a group that I can only describe through my research as an investment chat group that bounces ideas about stocks and options. That's it. They decided collectively to take advantage of the hedge funds and their short selling. And I'm going to get into that in part two. Um, so if, if I'm already talking over, uh, you know, over your head, it's not intentional. It's not to make you, you know, feel off. This is part two. I'm just giving you a kind of a summary. So these hedge fund companies were short selling, betting against big companies like GameStop, AMC, and BlackBerry. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because in this episode, we're talking about censorship. Well, Discord, just last week from this recording, banned the Wall Street Bets group for hate speech. Furthermore, Robinhood, a internet um, stock trading platform, they, <laughs> they restricted buying a few stocks that were taking part of this financial movement which made many people angry. And those people took their anger to Google reviews to give them one star. Robinhood is now limiting trades to their users. However, Google removed all one-star reviews, giving Robinhood, as of this recording, a 4.8 out of 5. And with that, we go into full circle. Where do we draw the line? Should tech be a filter or uncensored or have restrictions limited to their respected federal laws? Here's my personal opinion, and this is only my opinion. My personal opinion is that big tech should not monitor the individuals but respect the federal laws that all people in their respected countries must obey. I cannot go on the street and threaten individuals by law, but I can express unpopular views publicly as long as there are no threats of certain groups. 
And when I was a police officer, I protected people's speech, even speech I did not agree with, such as when protesters were demanding the death of me and my fellow officers, which I will not get into because it's very politically triggering for many people. Therefore, I believe the tech companies should have similar, I would say, benefits and restraints as me and any other citizen where we have to respect federal law, not make up their own. I, by law, could not just say, I'm not going to protect these people because I don't agree with them. I, 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 I wouldn't do that. Morally, I would not do that. But also, by law, I can't do that. So why is it tech companies can? Now, going deeper into the Wall Street bets, GameStop, and what's been going on, I am going to be creating a part two of this episode that is focused on Wall Street bets um, and this whole phenomenon. So please like, share, stay tuned for the next episode. Share this amongst your friends. I have zero dollars in marketing. I am a teacher by trade, an educator. My wife is an educator by trade also. So it's not like we're, you know, we're doing anything, you know, outlandish or anything crazy with our money. So um, this is the best way you can help out. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode on censorship and you respect other people's differences of opinion. Remember, as critical thinkers, you want to listen for understanding, not for agreeing. Thanks for listening to Thinking to Think with Mr. A. If you like our show and want to know more, check out my website in the description or please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, whichever platform you heard this episode. Please do not forget to share and spread the word. Join us next week where we will continue the fight to build a critical thinking society. Thank you and have a beautiful week.